Hello, welcome to the Charizard podcast where we have shiny Charizard, mega Charizard, gigantamax Charizard, and also Charizard on a stick for you today. My name is Jake, my co-host Sean. Hi. We also have Toon Charizard for you Yu-Gi-Oh uh, uh, product <laughs> fans who like that Toon Chaos. Come on over to the Pokemon world. We got Toon things now too. We have uh, Charizard Mon as well for, uh, <laughs> for the, the Digi fans, the, the Digimon. Also, Digimon TC, this we won't talk about it too long, but Digimon TCG come to America. Sean, are you interested? Mm, I don't know anything about it. I'm, I'm going to be hated for this, but for me, Digimon was always the bad knockoff of uh, Pokemon. Uh, All right. So before so. I oust Sean as a <laughs> fake friend, I'm going to say I'm going to play the shit out of Digimon TCG. When it first comes out, because apparently they're going to have an online client, too. So I can't wait to see how much better it is than PTCGO. 100% it will be better than PTCG. You can't have a worse client as a <laughs> game called Digimon. Your, your game is literally digital monsters. Your digital client by nature has to be better. Digimon, digital monster, oh. Digimon. Go- okay, anyways, okay, yeah. we got a podcast for you today. We already kind of leaked. Oh my God, the whole conversation of leaked and... Oh, Jesus. This is a rabbit hole of a... You're talking about the Leonhardt stuff now. (laughs) Yeah, oh my God, that was insane. Anyways, we've got got Champion's Path, a full set list came out. We won't get into the drama about like Leonhardt and confirming slash leaking because honestly, it's stupid. It doesn't really matter. It's a meme at this point. But anyways, we'll also talk about some tournaments. One of our good friends won a big tournament so shout outs to them we'll talk about that later and then also there was another there was another ban adp tournament which is awesome in my opinion and then we also have a wonderful interview with the fabulous emery taylor that i really encourage that you all stick around for so jake do you want to just uh jump into this champion's path and the the set that got revealed and the things that were or weren't confirmed okay so let me just give you a rundown so champion's path as we have been talking about the last month, two months, probably like month and a half. Yeah, it's been a um, We figured that the cards like Alcremi VMAX, Gardevoir VMAX, and then all of the kind of starter deck Vs, I'm talking about like Venusaur, Lucario, all those, were coming in this set. And they are. Uh, your Waylord V, yeah. your Waylord V is coming. <laughs> I didn't want to say it, but yeah, Waylord. Um, all of those starter deck ones are coming. Very, very interesting. We knew that was coming in Champions Path. You heard it here first. Well, actually, let me say this. There's also, it's a big reprint set. So, like, there's a lot of cards that were reprinted. Most of them are just kind of like baby Pokemon. I'm talking about, like, Sizzlepeed, Senescorch. Um, there's all a couple trainers, others. The trainers, Wait. man, are, like, almost all reprints. Yeah, so we're not really going to go over too much of the set list. Like, there's Bead in there, there's Great Ball, um, Kabu, Marnie, Milo, Piers, Pokemon Center Lady, Research, Potion, Pokeball. Like, we've all seen these in the Sword and Shield era. You heard it, you heard it from me, Chet and Sean. There was no way in God's green earth that they weren't going to fucking give us Charizard V Max Rainbow, right? We said that, said they were going to give it to us, right? Yep. Last week. Last week, we even said, I think I said, like, I expect news to come out this week. Yeah. And uh, lo and behold, there was a Charizard VMAX rainbow announced. Now, the kicker, though, 
there's actually two kickers. But the first kicker is this is not a promo Charizard VMAX rainbow. This is a pullable card. So they pulled a hidden, well, uh, well, okay, yeah, they pulled a hidden fates. They they pulled a burning shadows. Well, burning shadows not a holiday set. What's a holiday Charizard that was rainbow? I'm just gonna say Charizard. Charizard GX. Charizard, yeah. Shining Charizard. They pulled a hidden fates and they they made the Charizard the chase card. But then somebody at the table of Pokemon was like. You know it would be really good if we put two Charizard chase cards in here. They're like, but Dan, person's name is Dan, by the way. They're like, Dan, how do we, we, we already have this Charizard VMAX rainbow. Like what, what other chase cards could we have? What if we made it shiny Charizard? And so shiny Charizard V is now a card also that you can pull in champions paths so not only is there one charizard worth going for there's actually two more than two charizards worth going for if you count the full art v promo in the etbs but now there's a shiny one as well shiny one came out of nowhere did not expect it 100 but your boy somewhat called it on the rainbow i will say i'm excited for the one person who buys an etb probably at massive markup because you know that's the world we live in apparently but somebody buys an ETB and they get the promo Charizard V uh, full art. They open up packs. They get the rainbow rare Charizard V max. They open up a couple more packs. And they get the shiny. That would be, that's the perfect ETB right there. A triple Charizard uh, ETB is actually possible, I think. I will say, I think MSRP is tw- uh, $45. Uh, like 50. It's 50 bucks. It's 40. It's between like 45, 50 bucks. Um, I just want to say this because I want to look out for y'all. For those of you that collect that listen to our podcast, I bought, I bought, I pre-ordered an ETB from the store like day one when they were first announced. Cause I was like, there's a Charizard V promo in here at the time. It was the highest rarity Charizard. I was like, this is money. And so I was like, I pre-ordered it right away. I got declined of a pre-order like, um, a couple weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, insufficient ETBs. I was like, okay, everybody's getting over or under allocated, understandable. That's fine that they canceled. They're now selling the same. I won't say because nobody's probably ever heard of the store because I've never heard of it either. But there are stores that are now selling them for like $90, including the place that I originally ordered from. So first of all, I just want to give a big fuck you. But (laughs) also, don't buy these at this super absurd price, in my opinion. In my opinion, don't buy the ETBs for 90 bucks. Just buy the pin collections. At least try to get all the pins. Like Sean was saying, Sean said he wanted to get all the gym badges. Perfect. They're probably all still in. Well, actually, I don't know if they're all still in stock, to be honest, now that there's yeah, the, Dingus I, I and Doofus say, cards. The second that these two cards were announced, I, I put my money down uh, on like two of every pin collection and special collection box. And I basically said, you know what? I'm going to get all the products that are available at MSRP and screw the ETBs. Because like, look, I can go buy a promo Charizard V if I want for probably 10 or $15 when it comes out. Or you just cut your arm off and give it to someone. (laughs) And then like, if I want an ETB to keep sealed and not open, I'm going to try my luck at finding it in some store 
after it releases because Walmarts, Targets, GameStops, they're all going to have them for a very small window of time, right? And there's going to be two waves of the CTB. Keep in mind, at least two, maybe more. So I'm like, I'm not going to commit to spending double MSRP on this product because that basically means every pack is twice as expensive. So if you're opening yeah, the ETBs and paying double MSRP right now, you're insane. Just I'm putting it out there. Pay double if you're going to keep it sealed forever or just buy the pink collections. In my opinion, I don't. I don't see the set worth investing, mostly because like a lot of these are just reprints. So there's like there's not really like that much new stuff like, yeah, there's a rainbow Kabu. There's a rainbow peers. And yeah, we can get the Gardevoir VMAX and the Dreadnought VMAX along with like all these other Vs. But like Vs and Vs and VMAXs haven't really like up to this point, like been that expensive, right? Except like Dragapult at its peak and Eternatus, you know, which Eternatus just got a promo, by the way. Yeah. Like they haven't been that expensive. So like I, I would just buy singles for this set. Yeah. I don't I don't recommend investing in it. I, yeah. I just think you're going to lose and then you're going to be pissed off like I was when I bought a hidden fate CTV and I literally pulled no shinies. I will say just this all of Jesse James, all of the pin collections I bought out of this. This is so much bulk. I'm going to have way too much bulk from this set because it's only 80 cards. So if you're going to crack as many packs as I think a lot of people are going to crack every single V in this set. Every single one is going to be so cheap. I'm talking one, two dollars because people are going to crack packs like crazy. And most of those people are not going to be people who play. And the cards that even are V's in the set are not even that playable, aside from maybe Guard of War and Alcremi, I would say. Not Waylord? I, look, Waylord, I'm going to play it. It's fun, but I don't expect it to be like a card a lot of people play. So, mm-hmm. like, outside of that, I just, there's not really a lot. And here's my thing about the set. The playability of this set is atrocious. Ah, yeah, there there's Eldegoss in the here, thing. There, Okay, look, there is an alternate art Eldegoss, which is like the, fine. Oh my God, it's so cute because Eldegoss yeah. is like smiling and its eyes are closed. I want the, I want the, that's like the only card that I really, really want is just the Eldegoss. But I would say like, cute. look, Eldegoss is nice. It's not expensive though. So like no, a, a reprint of it is just going to bring the price down across the board. And then outside of that, I'm like, the things that really upset me, actually, they withheld some cards that I thought would be in this set. Do you remember the Banette that we talked about? The one that devolves your opponent's Pokemon? Yeah, it's not in there. It's not. I think it's going to be Vivid Voltage. Yeah, 100%. And I'm like, fingers crossed. And that's to me, I'm like, yo, that's that card will have been out in Japan now for like four months before mm-hmm. it comes out here. That's insane. And for me, like the main playable cards again are going to be Gardevoir, VMAX, maybe El Creamy, but I think El Creamy is not playable until the Amazing Rares come out. And then the Altaria, I suppose you could say that's playable as a Decidueye. better. But yeah, that's the thing. I think Decidueye with the damage spreading ability, I honestly am starting to think like, look, Altaria, everything that beats Decidueye beats Altaria twice as much. So, and it's not like Decidueye is impermeable by itself you know so i don't know man i just the trainers in this set are gross they're just so bad i just want to stick on trainers for like 10 more seconds before we move on to the next thing because 
as part wait what what set is this shocking bolt tackle it would be a disservice if i didn't mention this all right go ahead nessa's getting a full art <laughs> i will do ungodly things to get this full art in my hands I, I, one of the reasons that I'm not buying Champions Path is because I want this Nessa in vivid voltage that is coming. Full art. <laughs> My favorite gym leader of all time. There's also a B that's actually looks pretty good. Leon also looks pretty good too, but not doing the Charizard pose, which is a, uh, huge miss. It's a, yeah, huge whiff in my opinion. Unless they release a second Leon full art which wouldn't surprise me. Shiny full art. They Leon did that next year. Well, I mean, like they did, they did yeah. double. Full art with uh, Lusamine. They did Cynthia. it with Cynthia. I mean, that's Hidden Fate. So that, I guess yeah, they could true. do that for like next year's holiday set. Actually, that would make a ton of sense. You heard it here first, chat. I mean, imagine and shiny I. versions of all of the main trainers that you battle in Sword and Shield for the last. I mean, I know it's crazy to think about this, but it might be next year might be the final holiday set for Sword and Shield. Uh, or no, um, probably the second to last. Probably the second to last. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if I'd go that far. But uh, yeah, it, it, the, the, the point of the matter is Nessa's getting a full art. That's what matters. I say screw Champion's Path. Just focus on Vivid Voltage because Nessa is the best. Anyways, Sean, there were events that were played this weekend, there right? Were. There were a lot of events played this weekend. One of them being the Sunday Open. It this returned. Was an event that had ADP in it. What were you saying? I'm sorry. Saying it returned. It returned. It went. It, uh, Neil Pie went on hiatus with the Sunday Open following Pog for a few uh, for a few weeks. But this a was a well deserved vacation. Return. Yes. Yes. This was the triumphant return. Had some pretty interesting standings, in my opinion. One of them being Scorch not just going first place by Cashman. Shout out to you, Cashman, or 12 and 1. It's like the third week in a row that Senescorch has won a tournament. But it also got second and fifth. Three top five spots. The, uh, the deck was hot, you might say. Ha! <laughs> the deck was hot. Got him. But um, yeah, congrats to Cashman. Huge congrats. There's a couple of Mewtwo's um, in there, some of them being the WAP 2. I'll I'll call it because oh. Mellow Magikarp loves calling it that. Uh, there's also some Welder in there, Welder Mewtwo. Um, also by Caleb Rogerson or Infinite Force played a Mewtwo uh, Garatina Garchomp list that I'm going to try out because that's awesome. It's playing four different energies in a Mewtwo list. Oh that's my. cool. I'm very confused. Yeah, I looked at it and I'm like, how does this list work? I'm what's five happening place. here? I'm like, five if I tried place. to run five energies in a deck four four energies in a deck or whatever, I'd be like, nope, people would laugh. Laugh me out of the room. Pikachu and Zekrom, though, coming back on top in the tag bolt 10. Pikarom coming in first place. There was a lot. There was a couple Senescorch in here, a couple of Turnitus within the top some adps as well and then a, a torkoal v torkoal v very nice inclusion in my opinion and then uh then you have the hexter top deck nine that was played uh on the ninth so like last wednesday this would have been a bit ago there is a hexter event being played tonight the night that we record this so there will be it's even always more the results. night that we record <laughs> always always the night that we record but 
Uh, Eternatus taking the top spot there. So we have Senescorch, Picaram, Eternatus, and then the Atlas Mini. Uh, Stefan Ivanov uh, was able to pilot ADP with Mawile and Ultra Necrozma to uh, the winning spot there. Uh, I just want to mention that this is an expanded event. That is true. I don't know it's why I pulled standard, that up. So Boy, howdy. No, I still think it's really, really cool, though, because there was a lot of Mad Party. Like, although there was there was some, uh, basically every matchup. So, like, there was there was Mew, Cramorant, there was ADP, there was Mewtwo, 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 and then Rallyx. Even though a lot of this for Mad Party is like an auto loss, the fact that Mad Party took three of the top eight spots, in my opinion, is pretty crazy because you know like the thing with mad party in expanded is that there is battle compressor battle compressor is huge for that deck i mean you see it in night march with the joltic with the pumpkaboo and all that stuff how it like flies especially with like e-power and stuff so i think it's very although it is expanded although we don't really <laughs> touch too much on expanded i do think it is worth mentioning because I would not have really expected Mad Party, to be honest. And I will say, I think all of these decks, non-ADP, yeah, all of these decks that I'm seeing from the Atlas Mini that Drayden posted, they're all playing Ranger. See, and all that's why Ranger. we need a Ranger reprint in Vivid Voltage. But we're not going to get it. I don't think we're going to get it. No, I think it would be dumb, but... You think it'd be Anyways. dumb to reprint Ranger? No. No, no, like I think it would be good, but I think I think it would be dumb to think that Pokemon is going to oh, reprint yeah, no. a Ranger. That's no. what I meant to say. Apologize. I need sleep and it's oh. late. The one other thing that we haven't mentioned yet is there was another tournament that didn't do ADP that said banned ADP. And Azul was able to take home first place in that one with a mad party list. Look at that. Another deck that Kind of just loses to ADP. Remove ADP from the format. And then all of a sudden, the two tournaments that have not had ADP in the format have been won by two decks that literally cannot win in a format with ADP. Sandaconda and Mad Party. So I don't know. Look, two, it's just two tournaments. But the evidence is mounting that uh, Eternatus is warping the meta quite a bit. Like, it's not to say, like, look, Eternatus... Not Eternus, ADP, is warping the meta quite a bit. That's not to say that the other decks that were in the top 8 or top 16 aren't the same decks that are great here, but, like, boy, it really opens some gates. What was the what was the tournament that that was? Um, man, I cannot remember the specific name of that tournament. I would have to look up. No, no, it was, uh, it was Ki- Kaiser. Kais, ah, Kais. Kaiser Scorch. Kaiser, what? How do you spell I think that? It's Kaiser Scorch, K A I S E R. K A I. Yes, yes. I gotta follow them on the main. I followed them on the Metapod. I gotta follow them on the main. But yeah, we should shout out that it is the Kaiser Scorch No ADP tournament. I believe this was the first um, tournament that Nathan Hargreaves probably said that wrong organized because I think when the conversation of like should ADP be banned or not. When that was flowing around on Twitter like the other week, they came up and they said, hey, what if we did this? And then like the next day, Hyperlux was like, no ADP tournament. 
<laughs> so like this is the I believe this was the first person that I saw that actually started the works of like a no ADP tournament. So shout outs to you. I hope you do more tournaments. Um, I would love to be able to participate sometime soon. I can give you the top eight. You ready, Sean? Oh, yeah. So obviously, first place, Azul. Second place, Josh uh, Sutherland. I I never remember if it's Sutherland or Sutherland, and it sucks, and I'm so sorry if you hear this because I know you've told me 10 times, but my brain doesn't get it. It's Luke Metal. Mm -hmm. Josh played a Luke Metal list. Very interesting. Third place, Welder Mewtwo. Fourth place, guess what it was? Uh, I am actually looking at the list now, so I'm cheating. Uh, Aerodactyl. Aerodactyl. I won't let you cheat. (laughs) Golisopod Aerodactyl. Guess what? A list that made top four that, guess what, Sean? Gets stomped by ADP. Exactly. X fucking exactly. We got Eternatus in the fifth place spot. We have Spiritomb in the sixth place spot. Oh my gosh, wait. Spiritomb? Wait, does that beat ADP, Sean? Uh, I actually, not not in the current format, but... Sometimes Spiritune can hold its can hold its own, but yeah, before no, Hustle I, I Bell rotated, yeah, and and um, you know after we have lost Eveltal, then no, it doesn't really stand a chance. And then the cheekiest one that I like, I don't know what the main attacker is. I think it's Sableye V, but like Chinchino Sableye V with a Roxy wheezing coughing engine, three coughing from Cosmic Eclipse, four wheezing from Cosmic Eclipse. That's seven different Pokemon to use off Roxies and spread those damage counters, baby. <laughs> also, there was a For top Sable 16 Chandelure. Yeah, like, oh my gosh, that's four decks right there. No, five. Yeah. Five decks that we've mentioned within the top 16 that lose to ADP. Uh, do ADP. We, are we ready to kick it over now to the interview with Emery? Okay, so we have a wonderful interview with Emery. We highly encourage that you listen to it, but... Before you do, if you're not already, make sure to subscribe to the podcast, whatever podcasting platform you like or use, whether that is Spotify, Apple, um, your mom's CD player, all of those <laughs> different things. I, I could only think of two. But anyways, Google, make Apple sure to support us. Leave a CD review. Mom CD player. That is the new tweet us. Mom CD player. Things like that. But anyways, enjoy the interview with Emery. So we are here with Emery Taylor. Uh, he's a well-regarded and I, I would say well-known player. But uh, for those of you who may not know him, I will let him introduce himself here. Thank you. Uh, my name is Emery Taylor. Most of you guys know me from getting second at NAIC last year. Uh, I wore the Choice Band. Uh, I write articles from time to time. Uh, you can check those out on Six Prizes. And, uh, yeah, I've got a few other accomplishments, but I mostly just really enjoy playing Pokemon and being a part of this community. I will say the choice band was a very nice, uh, uh, piece of, uh, costuming on your part. Thank you. I was actually at NAIC, um, cause that was the first like Pokemon event that I had ever seen. So like I went mm-hmm. as a spectator cause I live over in Indianapolis and I got some family that lives in Ohio. And I actually remember seeing the choice band and I was like, oh, is this something that like people do? Like, do people like wear (laughs) like because I saw like people in the video game one and like the TCG, they got like the plushies and stuff. And I was like, oh, this is something 
something else. And then, yeah, so that's how I that's how I knew about you. So it was very influential, in my opinion. Thank you. I will say it's a nice way to get away from uh, the Pokemon company, like their rules around what you can wear on stream, because they usually make everybody <laughs> change their shirt, right? They did make me change my shirt uh, for finals, but not the two days before, because I was wearing a plain white T-shirt. Oh, look at you thinking ahead. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I do know they cover tattoos, so I might have to put like a, a, some wristbands on or something or whatever. But I'll probably never be at the top tables anyway, so <laughs> whatever. Anyways, so there's a lot about you and you've like you said, you've been around for a long, long time. So in the world, you know, as we see it, you know, content is booming, whether you're talking about like Twitch, YouTube, Twitter, writing articles, as you said, you have done. Um, how has that kind of changed over the years? Because Sean and I are both pretty new to the game, been around for like a year and a half now. So we've really only seen the stuff that is pretty current, I would think. Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, so I have been around for seven years. Um, or at least seven years is when I started playing in tournaments. I played at League for like six years before that, uh, just playing like my own homebrew theme deck kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I mean... In, in all honesty, the biggest change has been the advent of podcasts and YouTube channels, um, like like what we're talking on right now. Um, I mean, there was six prizes when I started, um, and maybe even 60 cards, I can't remember. But Puka was like, and even like Jay Witz were like two of the main creators Uh then and I remember watching their content, but beyond that, um, there wasn't like really any content, and that's like completely changed now. I mean, I there are so many people who make YouTube videos about Pokemon, uh, and I'm sure a 12 year old or 13 year old me would have been over the moon. I never would have gotten off my computer <laughs> with all the content there is now. So I think I think there is so much more content available, and there's also just a lot more. Um, like deck lists and and difference of opinions um, on deck lists available, and that has really radically changed the way people build their deck lists. Because before it was just Puka saying like, "Here's my deck," or the six prizes people saying, "Here's my deck." Um, but now, if you want to build virtually anything that's ever been thought of, there's probably five or six different lists out there. And so for as much as people like to complain about net decking or lack of creativity in Pokemon, um, I would actually argue that there's more creativity because there are so many ideas, so many people trying to get clicks these days that people make all kinds of content. So that's sort of the biggest change. I wouldn't say there's been a huge change in articles or anything like that. Um, the biggest change, I guess, would be like there's less tournament reports and now it's sort of more just about decks and their matchups. Um, but I would like to think that I've changed articles a little bit by writing about sort of less orthodox topics, uh, but that would be a little bit too conceited. So, Well, what uh, you mentioned that you write about less orthodox topics. Um, can you give us some examples of like how that, like, like what, what you mean by that? Yeah. Um, so my most recent article uh, actually got a lot of, love you guys may have heard of it it was about the online game and how it changed my mentality and the game itself um all these articles are on sixprizes.com by the way um 
the another article I wrote was about commentary. So I did a brief stint of commentary at a JGB tournament, as well as the Fated Town Invitational that happened during quarantine. Um, and I wrote about how difficult commentary is and why um, why it's so much more difficult than people perceive it to be. I also wrote about the special event debate. Uh, back in December, I want to say, when everyone was saying that special events should be region locked, and I made a spreadsheet comparing and contrasting the amount of points that were actually taken out of those regions by Americans and Europeans. And, um, and I've written some other things about how to avoid tilting and mentalities and, uh, and just crazy decks too, I guess, like Lost March. But I'm really proud of, the most proud, I would say, of of the articles that talk about things that aren't just decks and their lists and their matchups. Um, I've gotten so much more validation out of talking about the game itself and how other people can look at the game differently. I did read your competitive reboot article, the one that you mentioned that was your most recent. And I think that because I try to read a lot of the articles that I see because I'm always like trying to learn because I'm I'm pretty bad at the game. But um, I think this was the first article that I ever learned something about the 16th and 17th early centuries uh, that you posted <laughs> in like, your first paragraph. So that was awesome yeah, to read. Salutary. What? Let's go. <laughs> yeah, but if you don't say Mirshan because you would be a liar, but who do you feel like is a new up and comer that people should look for? Just like give a give a free plug real quick. Oh, um, that's a good question. I. I wouldn't say this person is as much of like an up and comer as much as they are like a respected member of the community. Um, but I really like Celio's network uh, with his content. I think he thinks about Pokemon in a way that other content creators don't. And what I mean by that is he looks at it with a perspective of how can I change the game as opposed to how can I play the game? And what I sort of mean by that is he always thinks about metagames and he thinks about lists and texts and how he can change each deck and how he can push the metagame forward in a way that I think is sometimes underlooked. Um, because it's so, as a sort of content creator myself, I understand the appeal of just finding a crazy whack deck and like trying to get clicks or views or, or praise for it. But but Celio isn't as worried about that as much as he is creating really quality content. Um, a few other content creators I consume vigorously would be sort of the big ones everyone knows. Like Azul, Tord has recently started streaming. He, yes. he does really great content. Um, or or uh, Andrew over on Tricky Gym. But I think Celio does a really interesting job with his content and... Uh, and I really enjoy consuming it. Yeah, I would agree. I'm actually going to drop uh, Nico. What's I, You probably know his last name, Memory. Yes. Uh, he started streaming in the in the mornings, too. And I actually like his stuff. He's about to he's about to hit affiliate. He's just got to get the streams in and stuff. And I've actually really enjoyed that because I know he's big brain in Pokemon. And I try to try to learn from the big brains. <laughs> <laughs> Me, too. Uh so I would say, like, I think the next topic that I wanted to get into, which I think you have a lot of opinions about, as do I actually, which is uh, tournaments, right? 
obviously I think, you know, people who've played the game for a, a decent amount of time kind of understand what tournaments are like, you know, pre COVID, but mm-hmm. now that everything has moved into online tournaments, both official and unofficial. Um, yeah. How have, how have online tournaments really changed the world of PTCG as far as you understand it? Yeah. So, so it's great that you ask. I covered this exactly in my article, um, but I will still go ahead and talk about it. So one really big thing is that you can play in a tournament every single day, which has never been true. Right. I mean, you literally, maybe you have like league tournaments on like Tuesday or Thursday, but those are just like your local people who you would see at any given challenge or league cup. Now you can literally play in tournaments with 50 to 200 people every single night of the week or day, I guess, if you can have the Sunday open. And that is incredible. That is insane. That is something that has never been done in Pokemon before. And it has both really good and not so good effects. So the really good part is that you can skip tournaments now and feel good about it. Like before, I would feel like I had to go to every League Cup or every regional because I felt like I'd be missing out. Not necessarily like the social experience, but the points and the best finish limits. And now that just doesn't exist. Um, We also don't have like a central goal, like a world's invite. And um, for a lot of people, that's what put a lot of pressure on each tournament. Like they would go to a regional and think of it as an investment and think of it as if I don't perform here, then I've wasted my money going towards a world invite. And now those costs, not only monetary, but also um, stress related are gone. And so that allows people to play a lot more freely and it reduces a certain amount of stress in the game. And that's why people are more willing to complain about, not complain, but argue about certain parts of the game because they don't have to worry about the next best deck or the next event. They can now worry about the format and how would we perfect the format and how do we want to change the format because the game is now in the community's hands. Um, And that's a really interesting idea because that's never been true before. So I think those sort of three things, there's always an event to plan, the game's in the community's hands, and uh, there's no central goal are sort of three of the biggest ways that the game has changed. Do you, so we, obviously we've seen like no ADP events and I'm not going to ask you your opinion on whether or not ADP (laughs) should be banned. I personally, regardless of how you feel about like whether ADP is good for the game or not, I like that there is a new type of tournament that we can play that has like other that has like these other restrictions in it. Do you feel like mm-hmm. there there would be some other good ideas as to like restrictions? So like saying like, I don't know, no water energies or something. That's pretty obscure. <laughs> don't say that. But like don't as an ban example, ADP, you know, ban water energy. Yeah, ban water energy. That's the worst. Do you do you think there are any like unexplored custom formats that we could do? Because as you said, like community runs the game like that we could do that could be like a good idea. I don't, I know we have organizers that listen to this podcast. (laughs) Yeah. I I think that's a really good idea. One of my biggest problems is obviously PTCGO, right? The pass pass rule kind of hurts. uh, Cause like obviously last year at NAIC, uh, I played for Lily as like my main draw supporter and that card you literally can't play right now. Um, 
And so if you're going to play like 2019 format or a format where playing a supporter turn one, I can't think of anything else, but Lily is the biggest example, then that just sucks, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But in terms of restrictions, I think the more interesting thing would be taking restrictions away. So what if we had a tournament back in, I think it was 2016, I want to say, maybe 2015 where trump card was banned but if we left trump card legal obviously trump card doesn't matter too much on the first turn um unless you're trying to like draw through your entire deck and donk someone so we could try that um another idea would be obviously miss mages and billable and bryson men are banned all right unban them see what happens there are bands expanded that you want fine change that i think expanded is probably the biggest example of bands being implemented in a meaningful way because Everyone has an opinion about what should be banned and expanded, and ne- there's really been no better time to try that out and to have like a viable tournament circuit where things are banned. I find that to be incredibly intriguing, especially when you talk about like Lysander's trump card, because like Sean and I didn't play in that era. We just know that we just know that <laughs> Lysander's trump card is a bad card. People are just it's like your mother's telling you like, "Don't touch the stove," just because. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like you're never you don't actually do it, but you've never seen anyone do it. You just know that that's bad, you know? Yeah, it's broken, but you could try it, you know? <laughs> do you think like So, actually, just remind me right now what what does the card do? It shuffles your discard into your deck except for trump card and via seeker was legal. Oh. That is pretty broken, actually. It- it was, it is, let me be very clear, Lysander's Trump card is the most broken card that's ever been released <laughs> in my time playing. Is but, it more broken than ADP? Yes, every card, like, like I cannot think of a single card in my seven years of playing competitively that was ever more broken than Lysander's Trump card. Because what people would do is they'd play it with Seismitoad, and they would play roller skates and hypnotoxic lasers, and they would literally draw through their entire deck and then Lysander's Trump card it back in. And when I say entire deck, I don't mean 40 cards or 30 cards. I mean literally all 60 cards, besides the price cards. And then they would shuffle it all back in. And oh there was gosh. no way you would ever deck someone out. It was impossible. That's like, that's like donk deck to the extreme. Drawing yeah, there wasn't deck. donk cards, but it was a dumb... Lysander's Trump card was broken. I mean, so yeah, if you didn't like resource management Oranguru, then uh, <laughs> yeah. Sanders like, resource management Oranguru looked like very tame. Sanders <laughs> Trump card. So Sean, cue the write this down for the tweet tomorrow that Emery said something is more broken than ADP, and that'll be our clickbait. <laughs> As we were talking about earlier, clickbaity stuff. That's our clickbait right there. Boom! Write it down. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. That's what I'm here to do. I was going to say one question uh, that I would ask then, like, do you think there are any changes that should be made, like long lasting changes to the actual Pokemon world, like, you know, official, I should say, CP world when IRL events pick back up? Like what if the Pokemon company took anything away from this six to 18 month period that we might be in? what, what, What should they take away from this? That's a really, really good question. Um, The biggest thing they should take away is that having one goal sucks. Um, I I didn't really fully realize this as much. People have talked about it, but I didn't realize it. 
for the vast majority, for 99% of the players, the one goal is the world's invite. And, I mean, I think that's pretty... And you have some casual play, right? People who are limited by time or just don't want to do the competitive circuit, and that's fine. But having one goal only hurts the game. And, and I mean that in the most stinging way possible. Um, because 300 championship points for me does nothing right now. Right? It, it does nothing. And mm-hmm. that it's really sad, I think, that, that there's no incentive for the people, the new players, right? When I started playing, I was a senior. I was 13 years old. And I got second at a regional extreme with like with with in unfathomable luck. I played Yveltal EX and roller skates. Uh, and I played Dowsing Machine because I didn't own computer search. And I flipped five heads on roller skates three times throughout that tournament uh, because I played all four roller skates and Dowsing Machine four roller skates. So if that doesn't give you a sense of how bad I was, uh, I'm not sure what will. <laughs> but but what that earned me, the invite that year was like 500 points, 400 points, maybe less for seniors. I don't know. I wasn't very good. I wasn't paying that much attention to it. But the only thing I got from that besides like the packs was two buys at nationals, which was fine. Uh, I couldn't go to nationals because I was 13. But what does what do those championship points get me? Nothing, right? And if I'm a senior who can only go to you know a whole bunch of league cups and two regionals each year, and I get top sixteen at those regionals, um, I guess actually prize support for seniors is like pretty good because it's the same as masters. You know, it, it's still not. That impressive, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. So I I really want Pokemon to implement something where it makes sense for you to play, even if you're not going for a Worlds Invite, because I think that's what we've seen be a huge effect from COVID. Um, because so many people are playing in these Hedgster Hedgster events and Professor Oak events, PokeX events, just because it's fun to play and they get direct packs for it. I think that's something that Pokemon can really take away. Um, Beyond that, I think they should implement an online circuit and a better online client. Will they do that? No. (laughs) Um, But should they, as a wise monetary decision to grow the game? Yes. Uh, But will they? No. Because the competitive scene is is pennies to them. But but those would be my two main takeaways. Would be make some incentive to play the game. Because otherwise, first-year players are just going to get stomped. They're not going to get their invite, and they're going to say, okay, I have my 200 CP. Why would I play next year? You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, and influence an online circuit, please. I do think that's interesting to say, like, you know, it, by making... I, I understand Pokemon's idea of, like, every event that has CP is like, you know, hey, you, have, you can win stuff for this event, but then you're building towards this larger thing. Like, I, I understand it. But maybe having some tournaments that are, you know, official, but don't earn you CP just so that like everybody's playing in it is not playing, you know, to get CP. Nobody gets sad if they're going for their worlds and then they don't do well in that tournament. You know, you're just going for that event and that event alone. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I would also say another interesting thing that could be implemented would be spending your CP. Um. And what I mean by that is literally making CP into sort of a kind of currency for potentially the online game or for in-person prizes. 
So let's say I have 700 CP. So like last year, I got I had my invite before NAIC, and then I had 400 extra points. You know, but that means nothing to me because I wasn't in top 16. I finished like 21st or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So imagine if I could top spend that CP. Nuts. Yeah. Well, and it doesn't. It didn't matter to me. I wasn't going for top 16. I got lucky to get second at NAIC. I mean, I'm good at the game, but I got lucky, and it's. You know, I'm not going to lie about that or anything. <laughs> yeah. But it, if I had that 400 CP to say spend on a PTCGO, a whole bunch, like all the cards I could use for a PTCGO account or packs or anything, I'd be incredible. And if I was a player who had only gotten 250 CP this year, going to a few League Cups or regionals or whatnot, and I could spend that CP on online stuff to keep playing, that'd be great too. You know, or or even just a reward for having that CP. It would cost Pokemon like virtually nothing, right? Like just to implement some kind of online. Well, I don't know. I guess I don't know what the the system looks like, but it seems like it should be doable. No, I, I think your point so, is right. Like you know how Fortnite has season passes and things that you get things as you progress, whereas like having exactly. a singular goal that is you either get your invite or you don't, and then or you get more than your invite, and yeah. then it doesn't matter. But yeah, exactly. So it's like there's like one goal and like as somebody who has less than 500, you're like, oh, I wasted my time. Somebody who has more than 500, but not enough for top 16, you kind of feel like, well, cool, I guess. But, you know, it means nothing. Yeah. <laughs> it took 15 episodes for Sean to mention Fortnite. Pack it up, boys. It's <laughs> over. Close the shop now. We're, we're too far down the road. Let's talk about, so one thing that Pokemon has implemented and they have been doing um, is the Players' Cup. So we had the first Players' Cup, whatever. The second Players' Cup, it looks like they've done some things. I have opinions about the Players' Cup, but I will not mention them yet. I would like to hear your opinion personally of Players' Cup 2. Do you like it? Do you not like it? What, What about it? Yeah, um, it seems fine to me, I guess. My my thing about the Players' Cup is it's, it. I, I like it as a sort of makeshift solution, but you know what I would like more? I would like an entire online circuit with regionals, league cups, and league challenges. Um, maybe they're region-locked, maybe they're not, but the Players' Cup feels like a solution that is caused by the problems of PTCGO, unfortunately. 100%. And and the fact that PTCGO will not be changing anytime soon, and I'm sorry to all the streamers out there who say give us a better client. Don't hold your breath. I would be I would frankly be shocked if they implemented a new PTCGO. But as far as makeshift solutions to a bad online client go, the Players Cup is fine. It offers a chance for many people to play casually. They've leveled the playing field, which was my main concern with the first iteration. So will I play? Yeah, probably. Um, is it a, something they can quickly change? No. At least they're doing something. Uh, but yeah, it's disappointing, <laughs> I think- just frankly. But but that's a feeling that as a competitive Pokemon player, you sort of get all too often. <laughs> savage um (laughs) i would say like my my opinion on it it's i've said this before on the the podcast but uh i think the players cup is it has a marketing problem which is 
you try to make this this big thing, right? You do it once every quarter, essentially. But it is a tournament, essentially, that you draw out over the course of three months. And nobody's going to care about anything for three months. Just, it's not, nobody cares. Like, you have the first month, and if you don't do well in those little, like, you know, uh, in those eight-person pod tournaments on PTCGO, and you don't make your qualifier for your region, then you're kind of like, okay, cool, whatever, I'm done. You make the qualifier and say you get knocked out in the first round, you know, you get knocked out before the top four or whatever, you don't make that top cut. Then you're like, okay, well, it was fun, I guess, and I guess it was well run, but then fine. And then they film this thing, like, and they release it three weeks late after, like, they film it or whatever, and, like, nothing against any of the people who, like, make it, any of the casters, like, they all do an amazing job, but I just think fundamentally, for me at least, it just is is kind of like, ah, uh, just I don't know. It, it loses it loses <laughs> a lot of air it? from that balloon. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Whereas like I actual regional or NAIC is like a whole like weekend. It's an event, and everything is very, you know, consolidated. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, and that's why I want an online circuit so that if I want to play in a League Cup online, I can play in a League Cup online. And if I want to play in a regional online, I can play in a regional online. But it's not like this thing overhanging my head for the month of September to October. Um, and obviously, I'm moving into college. Well, not obviously. I guess I didn't introduce myself that well. But I am moving into college um, this coming Wednesday, the 23rd. And, you know, I'm just not sure how much time that'll take for me. And so. Um, that's a personal thing. They shouldn't cater just because people have other things going on, but you know, it would feel a lot better if it didn't feel like 50 tournament tickets and you have to play over a month. So now is kind of a topic that I actually want to go into that we talked about when we were planning on bringing you onto the podcast. And that is kind of centered around burnout. So I've been in athletics like all of my life. I know everybody that's been burned out of whether that's a sport or a hobby or something like that. But what is your experience with burnout and how how is it kind of differed if you look at it now with the world that we live in? Well, Mr. Gameplay, <laughs> I'm so glad that you've asked this question. Um, this is actually something, again, I talked about in my article, but so happy to talk about it here. So when, so I'm just going to start with this season um, overall and sort of talk about where I was at before quarantine hit, because I've had a real change in how I think about Pokemon with quarantine. Um, so this season for me has not been great. I'm just going to be honest. Um, I said the same in the article. It, I did get a top 32 at Atlantic city. I did get a few top 128 finishes, but I didn't feel like I lived up to the expectations that people gave me, um, or at least I gave myself. I don't think people actually care that much about how I do in tournaments, but it felt like they did. Um, and, and that really stung, but I also knew it was my fault. I mean, I play tested, I found decks I enjoyed playing that could win, but I didn't really think enough about the, the metagame itself and what was popular and what I should try to beat and what I should be okay losing to. And that just led to a lot of really subpar finishes. I think I had some ego after NAIC too. Um, I think one day I'll write an article about NAIC and, and what it's like, but 
uh, or like what success is like. Um, but but I'll get to that later. And and that sort of contributed uh, because when people I don't know look up to you a little bit, you sort of feel like a big shot. And and so anyway, this season was hard on me, and I just felt like a real failure, um, for lack of a better term. And that was hard. Um, so quarantine hits and it just feels like this divine symbol that I should just quit. I've had like, a, I mean, maybe some people would be happy with the season I've had, but I wasn't. Uh, and so I quit and I, I was actually going to write my last article on six prizes when I took a break uh, about burnout. But then I was like, why would I write an article about burnout? And I don't want to write an article because I'm burned out. <laughs> so I just quit. I, I stopped writing on six prizes. I didn't play in the first two limitless events. And then Rebel Clash came out and I didn't plan on playing again, but I saw Toxtricity VMAX and I was like, you know what? Like, maybe I'll just just open up the client, open up PTCGO, play a few games, just see what's up with, with this new format. And I won like five games in a row on ladder with Toxter TV Max. And I was like, I'm in, let's play. <laughs> like, like, it'll be fun. Like, I don't care how I do. There's no pressure because these are online events. No one's going to like judge me, especially if I play Toxter TV Max. That just gets rid of any other <laughs> expectations. And I'm just going to do it. Let's just see what happens. And I ended up going nine and four with Toxtricity. And I felt so joyful. And and it, it's funny because I, I hadn't felt that way the whole season. You know, I mean, I'd enjoyed spending time with my friends. You know, you all know who you are and 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 they're all very dear to me. But but in terms of actually playing Pokemon, I was miserable because I was forcing myself to play in these events to live up to the expectation of being a top player or a respected community member. And, and I just felt sad <laughs> playing Pokemon because I was forcing myself to play. And, and playing this deck that I had created, well, I felt like I created myself at least, felt amazing and liberating. I love Toxtricity, by the way. (laughs) I love that. I made a video video about it. It was fun. It was different. It was cool. Exactly. And that is what made Pokemon so much more fun again. And that's why I've been playing in tournaments and enjoying myself and writing articles. And and it's really changed the way I think about Pokemon because I realized that for me to keep playing Pokemon, I had to make Pokemon fun. Not competitive, not because I forced myself to play, but because I had to make it fun. And so many people stop playing Pokemon, or I shouldn't say stop playing Pokemon, but continue playing Pokemon, not because it's fun, but because they feel like they need to, whether it's their only main hobby, or they make money, or they're sponsored, or most of their friends are in Pokemon, they feel like they have to. And that is what leads to these constant tweets, posts, videos about how burned out people are because they're forcing themselves to play this game. Am I saying that you should just quit the second you feel badly? No, it's you're going to lose sometimes and that's okay. But if it's tournament after tournament where you think, why am I doing this? Why am I traveling? Why, why am I spending my time and money in this way when I'd obviously be happier doing something else? No. So... So I think that is really where I'm 
where I think burnout comes from, especially at sort of the top players, quote unquote, who complain about burnout all the time. And I think the key to not burning out is making sure that you remember why you started playing Pokemon in the first place and making sure that you find joy in it. So you kind of talk, you talked about how like, you know, these online tournaments, they don't have, I don't want to, what's, what's the right word? It's not merit, um, risk. There's not like a ton of risk, right? Like you didn't pay $40 for entry and you didn't buy a hotel room for three days or whatever, you know, with these online events, do you think these online events are helping people avoid the burnout or make trying to get over a burnout that much more difficult? I think it helps 100%. I mean, it helped me. Um, and I kind of, again, I keep plugging, always be plugging. But <laughs> I did write about this in the article. But it's, I think it helps burnout because you can let tournaments go by now and not care. And that sounds silly. But coming from someone who felt like they had to play in every tournament they could, it feels amazing to watch tournaments go by and not feel guilt about it. It really does. It really does. And I could play in tournaments every night of the week. I could play Pokemon seven days a week. And I don't have to. That's amazing. That is that is so amazing. And I think even for the people who aren't chasing top 16, even for the people who just go to League Cups and Regionals, the, the 99% of those people who get burned out, this is amazing. Do you... This is amazing. This is a, this is a fantastic change. No, I agree. I mean, I I work like full time in sports. So like weekends are always like real busy for me and doing like part time this, that and the other. It's uh, it gets really busy, let's just say. And I don't I don't get to compete in a lot of tournaments, but streaming it at least like playing it almost every day, trying to make content on it. It's it's. It's pretty fine to me, I feel like to just not like not be able to attend a Hexer because like I just don't have time and I don't have to worry about like oh this makes me any less of a player or something like that or a tag missing a tag build or whatever you know you don't feel like a fraud when you don't go to a tournament and that's yeah. amazing and it's like I I gotta I gotta balance my time but Emery you know how have you you know you you say you're going to college you you know you see our sheet of questions you know exactly how I was leading into this but you know you say you're going into college and stuff, you're about to move in and stuff. How are you finding like this balance? You know, you're trying to write articles as well. And um, you've got some other things coming. You know, how do you how do you find that balance between Pokemon and everything else in life? Well, I didn't have that balance before COVID, which is weird because I thought I did. I mean, let let's not be unclear here. Like I've I've taken, I'm actually pretty good at managing my time. So during the school year, I wake up at 3 a.m. each day and do my homework. Um, And I go to bed around 8, maybe, 8 or 9 usually. Um, So, like, I'm not bad at managing my time. I just like doing my homework in the morning. I'm not distracted by my phone. I get enough sleep sometimes. (laughs) But but more often than not, I I get enough sleep. and, And I would play Pokemon when I came home or watch YouTube or whatever. And... But that's not like a sustainable thing for most people. So I think for most people, the way you balance Pokemon or any hobby with life is you constantly evaluate what you truly want to be doing with your time. Because 
with social media, with the availability of Pokemon these days, I mean, literally, like I said, tournament every night, PTCGO is always just a click away. You have to evaluate whether it's really what you want to do. And I don't mean whether PTCGO is a waste of your time. I'm not saying, oh, if you kids play your video games, you're wasting your life. No. Your brain I play video games all the time. But balance in Pokemon and life is all about figuring out what gives you the most utility, what gives you the most joy. I'm an econ guy, if that wasn't clear. I've been talking about opportunity costs. (laughs) And opportunity costs, for those of you who don't know, is the next best thing you could be doing, or the next best thing you could be spending your money on, or the next best thing you could be thinking about. So the opportunity the opportunity cost of playing Pokemon would be, say, doing your homework or doing playing a video game or reading a book or doing something else that you find joy in. And you have to make sure that those costs are worthwhile because the every time you force yourself to play in an event, every time you force yourself to look past an opportunity cost, you are making your life worse. You're not maximizing your time. And when you do that, it leads to these feelings of depression, self-doubt, wastefulness and that leads to imbalance so you have to make sure you're playing for you and not playing for your followers or playing for the content creators or playing for the meme deck you made at 12 a.m last night you're playing for you because you want to play and i think that's how you find balance between pokemon and the other responsibilities that you have each day one last question what is your favorite deck and why is it Porygon Z Salamence V Max? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, well, okay. Are you saying it's standard right now or all time? Just, I mean, it could be either. I mean, I love, I've been watching a lot of retro stuff, you know, watching, you know, nationals of Jay Witz and Puka commentating and Classic. stuff like that. So we could do, we could do all time. We could do standard right now, whichever works for you. Yeah, I'll, uh, maybe I'll name just a few, uh, but I won't go too in-depth. I, I really love playing Zorak Lycanroc. Gave me my first day two finish in Masters. Obviously, Picaram, uh, which I still, to this day, believe was the best deck in 2019 standard. Um, Magnazone Prime Embor was my first like real deck, and I loved playing that deck. It was so fun. And um, it was kind of like Blounds, but like with two stage twos and built-in draw support. It was really cool. Big, big blounds, not small blounds. So I fun. think I remember um, the video. I think it was like one of the first or one of the, the earliest uh, events that you can find that was streamed. Magnus yeah. or who? I think it was 2012 Worlds, I want to say. Yeah, I think um, so. It's either 12 or maybe, 13. Maybe. No, it wasn't 13 because 13 is the year Jason won with Darkrai. Uh, Darkrai. But it was, I think, 2012. I want to say 2012 or 2011 was the first year that that Reshibor. No, not Reshibor. I think I called it Magnabor when I was a kid. I'm not sure what the actual name for it is, but I was I loved that deck. So those would probably be three of my favorite decks in standard right now. I like playing ADP, honestly. Um, it's it's broken, but I enjoy playing it. Um, Salamance is pretty fun. Um but I'm still, th- I haven't found that, that really like broken fun deck that I enjoy playing yet. 
I don't know if there is a broken fun. <laughs> well, if there is. It's There's always a broken fun deck. Yeah, it's it's my small my small brain can't find it yet. I'm, I'm <laughs> it might busy. be control. It might be control. Oh my god, I want control to work so bad. It's so fun to play. I can't say that I'm not. I I can't say that I'm a control player because I think only Sander can say that they're a control player. It's the only person <laughs> in the world that can say that. But I just I love playing control. I like playing for the other person. Yeah, it's me fun. Too. It's fun. <laughs> Sean's over here like, oh, God, get me out of here. Control, control. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, do you want to do you have anything you want to plug, Emery? Yeah. Um, well, if you guys enjoyed listening to me ramble, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Roarchomp, R-O-A-R-C-H-O-M-P. Um, or you can me, shoot me a message on Facebook at Emery Taylor. And um, yeah, if you guys would like to see me write about something i'd love to hear any ideas that you have or if you just want to check in so thanks for uh thanks for having me guys i really enjoyed talking and thanks for letting me ramble on about things that i care about no thank you for immediately messaging me back after after dropping in your dms about the podcast after i saw you tweet i was like we gotta get him on before before everybody hooks on and I, I love I love this podcast. Really, you guys do an amazing job, and you guys are when we're talking about changes in the community. You know, you guys are a really positive one, and um, people who are passionate and care about the content they create are what help keep the game alive. So, thanks for doing what you guys do. And again, I really appreciate you guys having me on and, and letting me get theoretical about everything. All right, so there you have it. Wonderful interview with Emery. Thank you again, Emery, for joining us on that wonderful interview i actually really liked it sean what is the what is the biggest takeaway out of that interview putting you on the spot uh i mean i think the biggest thing for me is just constantly reminding myself like why i'm playing certain games because look as you know from my perspective and i'm sure you have similar thoughts sometimes as a content creator you feel like you have to keep making stuff because that's what you do um and that can sort of be a drain and uh you know when you play in tournaments I personally feel like, you know, I haven't had a lot of luck in tournaments. I probably haven't practiced enough too, but, and it can be, it can be a downer. So knowing like when it's okay to just not play in tournaments and like be okay with that. And then like when you do play, just have fun. And like, that's the whole point. So I would a hundred percent agree as someone that is full-time, part-time, stay up till 3am every night, wake up at seven type of person i hate wasting time so i totally i will echo i will i will anyways uh question of the day as that was the most beautiful transition you've ever heard please don't please don't bully me question of the day is it worth investing in champions path we talked about it earlier in the pod I personally don't think it's worth it. I don't think there's enough in there, but I have heard of sides of, yes, it is worth investing. No, it is not worth investing. Let's say somebody gave you like a thousand dollars and they were like, you could either save that for a future set or you could buy champions path. Don't care what you do with it. Is it worth spending the thousand dollars on Champions Path, or is it better to just wait for something else like the full Art Nessa that's coming? 
Oh man, that's that's a very specific and tough question because like uh, I I might save it also because next year is the 25th anniversary of Pokemon. So you know they're holding back. Yeah, you know they got a shiny Leon Gigantamax Agumon card coming in. <laughs> so I agree with you. I don't think it's necessarily, it's definitely not as good as Hidden Fates. Just straight up, not as good. You, I don't think it's meant to be like Hidden Fates though. No. So. I, I feel like what this set is, honestly, it's Dragon Majesty and they realize that they have to have Charizard if they need, if they want to sell Dragon Majesty. So that's what this yeah, set what is. Was, what was the best card of Dragon Majesty? Like Turtonator. Palkia or Dialga GX? Turtonator, yeah. Fiery, Turtonator Flint. Fiery Flint was the best card oh, yeah. of Dragon Ma- and Victini. Those are the best cards. And those are not cards that collectors care about. But at no. least Dragon Majesty had good playable cards. I don't even think hidden that Champion's Path has good playable cards that are going to last a long time. I really don't. You got a research in there? I mean, it's, but it's, in, it's in Sword before. and Shield. It's in the uh, Dedenne Trainers Kit. It's it's so many places now. It's also in the theme decks? Oh my gosh. Like, yes, there are technically playable cards in here, but they are not unique to this set, which I think as a player also makes this set absolute trash. And as a collector, look, I will say as a collector, you do have two Charizards. So... It is definitely a collector set, though, because like. Because like at least like they're like Elgas, yes, is getting reprinted, but like at least like even if the cards aren't good, there's a lot of like top cards that are new. So like I, I mentioned this earlier when we were first talking about it, but like the Kabu f- rainbow rare, the Piers rainbow rare. Right. So there there is like collecting value outside of the Charizards. I know like we we kind of harp as players like it's probably not worth getting because why bother? You already have everything for it anyways, just buy the V's and V maxes singles. But for a collector, I don't know. Does that change? I think every set has had rainbow rare supporters in the sword and shield era. These are not any more special in my opinion, but these um, are new. But then the ones in the next set will also be new, right? I think that this, Every other card in this set has equal levels of rarity with every other card. Uh, and the Charizard is the only thing that makes this one different. I will say, like, in terms of hyper-rare Charizards in the Sword and Shield era, secret rare Charizards in Sword and Shield, these might be, like, this might be one of the only sets that you can really find a secret rare Charizard for a long time. So... If you want a secret rare Charizard, they're kind of forcing you into these holiday sets, it seems like. Um, I mean, that's what makes money. And yeah, that that is what's going to make money. Um, I just, I, I worry that uh, people are thinking they're going to get those Hidden Fate stonks, and I, I, I don't think it's there. <laughs> this is not Hidden Fate stonks. You are not going to be able to sell this ETB in a year for $250. I got, a, I got an email the other day. It was, I don't, I still don't know if it was spam or not, or if it was like a scam, but I got an email that was like, Hey, we assume because you are a player slash investor, cause I talk about some investing videos of like sets and stuff. Like, is it worth investing? Is it not? What are the, what are the trends going on right now? Like what's rising, what's falling. Um, I got an email that was like, you probably have some secrets, don't you? <laughs> 
of like some hidden gems and they're like we'll pay you money to tell us your secrets and i was like you obviously don't watch my content <laughs> that's weird that is a super weird i still don't know if it was a scam or not i wouldn't I don't even know what to do with that information, Jake. I'm gonna be I just directed. I just told. I was just genuine. I acted like it was real, and I was like, "How much?" That is super awesome of you to think that I have like secrets and stuff. But if you watch my Twitch streams and YouTube channel, or you listen to the Metapod, I was like, "I'm an open book. I I talk openly about everything. I have I no will tell you my secrets for free." <laughs> yeah, I was like, I could save you all a couple bucks to just listen listen to the Metapod. You don't even have to write a review. But you should you should give us that five star review. All right. Speaking of that, uh, I think it's time to kick the, to 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 end end to wrap up the pod. So yeah, let us know. Do you think that uh, Champions Path is a a is worth it? Tweet at us. Tweet at us. Write a review about it. Champions. Hey Path Sean, sucks. how was your <laughs> how was your uh, end Eternatus campaign? Uh, it's not. No, we haven't ended it. Um. So we're still we're still working. I gotta have I gotta you, keep working on some decks. How many people have said that they beat Eternatus? None. Zero. Zero people have beaten Eternatus. So I am somewhat disappointed. Didn't but, somebody do that with like Guardi or whatever? But they didn't even attack. It's like a scoop. I don't know. I I haven't seen anything myself. I thought I saw a tweet, but you're the one that's handling the pack. So usually I'm just like hit like. <laughs> be like oh you won and i was uh, i don't know but. i haven't even beaten eternatus with it yet honestly ha, i played malamar v max i got paired against two eternatus in a row and i bricked both times and i'm like well and then you played me yeah did we even talk about that on the podcast you you challenged me with my own oh, channel points yeah, on yeah, twitch yeah, that's right i did challenge you and i played eternatus and who won 2-0 oh you did a hundred percent Let's go. Dexter trash. My Dexter trash. <laughs> All right. Let's wrap this up. All right. Bye. See you All later. Right. Have a great See day. Stay later. safe. You're cute.